0: Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hey, what's up? My name is Rochelle Lucero, and I'm the host of the Clumsy Theosis podcast. Welcome. Today we're going to be talking about virtues because, well... Jesus is the perfection of virtue, and here at Clumsy Theosis, our goal is to become like Jesus because that's theosis, being transformed by God to become more like God, but still somehow completely and totally uniquely ourselves. We become the people that God has actually created us to be. The virtues are also really important when it comes to spiritual warfare and putting on the armor of God. I know if that is a shocker to you, if this is the first time that you have heard that, then you should go and listen to the armor of God series that we just finished, gosh, a couple of weeks ago now. The link for that is going to be down in the show notes for you. And I really, really recommend it. So virtues. I'm going to ask you a question. Be really honest with me. What is the first thing that pops into your head when I say the word prudence? For me, without fail, I picture some old southern biddy hobbling around, hunched over her cane, just with her lips pursed, and just giving everyone the look, you know, giving everyone the stink eye. And I know, I know that sounds ridiculous, especially after all of my theological training. When I hear prudence, knowing it's a virtue, I still think of this like old, bitter, unhappy woman. And I can't shake that image from my mind. And I mean, the Beatles didn't help us at all. You know, when it comes to Prudence, you know, with their song, Dear Prudence, it makes you think of someone who's melancholy and someone who's just unhappy, right? So when you think, okay, if I'm going to practice the virtue of Prudence, that's going to be me, right? Like that's like in the back of, of my mind. It's probably in the back of many people's minds. So When I tell you we're going to talk about the virtue of prudence today, that might not sound enjoyable or exciting, but it's going to be, I promise. When we talk about prudence, obviously, we're going to talk about like the virtue itself, but we're going to talk about things related to it, such as the daughters of prudence, the different types of prudence, sins or offenses against prudence, and how to guard against them, because that's going to help us to actually live prudently. And the gift of the Holy Spirit, there is a specific gift that the Holy Spirit brings that corresponds to the virtue of prudence. It sounds like a lot, right? All of that sounds like a lot of stuff to cover. We only got 20 minutes. Can I do it? I think I can. I'm up for the challenge. So let's just jump right in. All right. Remember when Jesus told his apostles, Behold, I send you out as sheep amongst the wolves. And what advice does he give them then? He says, be as wise as serpents and as gentle as doves. Sometimes some um, Bible translations will say, be as shrewd as serpents and as innocent as doves. Either way, Jesus is 100% talking about prudence. And every time I hear that scripture, I think to myself, oh man, I still have got a lot of work to do when it comes to being prudent. Because succinctly put, like if we're gonna like define prudence, To put it as simple as possible, prudence is right reason in action. Reason, as in your intellect. And action refers to your will, right? So prudence requires you to have a sharpened mind and to have a disciplined will, to follow through. It's like learning how to think before you act. You know, prudence is knowing what to do, when to do it and how to do it in a way that you do it rightly, you do it respectfully, and in a way that's going to uphold the dignity of the human person and the gospel, basically how to do it virtuously. Of the cardinal virtues or the supernatural virtues, prudence is considered the first. It's considered the first one, not because it's considered to be better than the others, but because it's the foundation of all of the cardinal virtues, because it sets a standard and it kind of tempers all of the other virtues. And that's why it's also referred to as the charioteer of the virtues. Have you ever seen any of those older movies like the robe, or Ben-Hur, or the Ten Commandments. A lot of people have seen the Ten Commandments. Okay, think about the chariot scenes, right? You have this little chariot, and you have the charioteer, this little man, you know, in there, and in front of this little chariot, charioteer combo, you have two, four, and sometimes even more intimidating horses that are just charging ahead of this chariot, and they're charging around all of these obstacles that might get in their way, and other chariots, And the only thing that is keeping them from wrecking is the skill of the charioteer because he's there to ease and to guide such powerful animals. Okay, that's prudence. Just as that charioteer governs all the steps and the movements of the horses, prudence is going to govern our choices, right? It's right reason in action. When we put our right reason into action, it's technically called making a prudential act, but who's going to ever say that? <laughs> we, When we make a prudential act, there are three things that we do, and we might not even realize that we do them. But before we make a decision and put our right reason into action, we have first sought good counsel. About a situation, we can do that from other people. We can do that from ourselves, you know, looking at our past experience, or we can do that by looking to God, to the Holy Spirit, and especially to God and, you know, to the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is there to counsel us. We also use good judgment, meaning we consider all of the possible scenarios and how things are going to play out according to all of these different scenarios, and we choose which one is the best choice. And then we take our will and we will ourselves to follow that course of action that is the best course of action. Father Benedict Rochelle, he pointed out in his book that there are three different types of prudence. And I really appreciated this because the distinctions are very subtle. You're going to see. Okay, so he talks about supernatural prudence, natural prudence, and then false prudence. And I really, I really enjoyed this. So here's what he said. He said, When it comes to uh, supernatural prudence, that's going to be related to God's will, right? So everything that's concerned with his will and the kingdom of God. Natural prudence, on the other hand, is related to the things that we need in this life. Okay, both of them are good. Both of them are needed, right? Like in this life, we need to work. We need to make money so that we can pay for food and shelter and things like that, right? And we need supernatural prudence because we need to follow God's will and we need to be concerned with the kingdom of heaven and us getting to the kingdom of heaven for all of eternity. Here's an example of what happens when it seems like natural prudence and supernatural prudence might clash or might be opposed to each other. He pointed out that on Good Friday, where were the apostles when Jesus was carrying his cross? Where were they when he was being crucified? They were hiding. Who was with Jesus? You had the wailing women, you had the mother of our Lord, and you had the beloved apostle with him. Okay? so the apostles who hid, they were operating out of natural prudence, right? It makes sense. The person you've been following has just been persecuted and scourged at the pillar and now he's going to his death. And it's you think, naturally, it makes sense that you are going to be rounded up as well and you will meet the same fate. So you're going to go and hide, okay? That's natural prudence. But this is God we're talking about. This is the Lord's will. This is the kingdom of heaven that we're concerned with. So those who stayed with the Lord, who stayed at the foot of the cross, they had supernatural prudence. All right. So whenever our natural prudence and supernatural prudence seem to be at odds, the one that we are supposed to choose is supernatural prudence. And we get supernatural grace to help us do that if we let it. Okay. And the third thing he mentioned was false prudence. And that's going along with something that is evil or wrong because A, we don't know what to do. Like we just, we just feel like, uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Or B, you're afraid of those who are going to oppose you if you um, speak out or try to do something. Or C, you're just trying to protect your own neck, right? And you put natural prudence before supernatural prudence. That's kind of like the apostles who hid. right? False prudence is false because it's showing that we are caring more about this world or we are fearing things in this world more than we care about God's will or we fear God. So right reason in action for the Christian is to put eternal life above all else, to put God's will, to put the kingdom of heaven before our else, before all else, including our natural prudence. All right. I mentioned something about prudence having daughters. All right. There are three daughters of prudence. St. Thomas Aquinas in his Summa, he went to such lengths, really like, unraveling the virtues and explaining them with so much detail. It's probably the most extensive work on the virtues that the church has, but it can be a little bit tedious. (laughs) So I'll save you the trouble of having to read it yourself. And we're just going to point out what the three daughters of prudence are. They are other virtues. They are virtues that are, they're kind of Related, right? They're virtues that are related to prudence and they kind of like sit under the umbrella of prudence. They are circumception, which you don't ever hear that word, right? It's circumception, not circumcision. Um, circumception is the ability to reflect on circumstances, you know, to look at the risks, to look at the ro- rewards, and then to make the best decision. An example of this would be Saint Jose Maria Escriva. Back in his day, mass became illegal, right? Uh, Catholicism became illegal. Priests were outlawed. They were considered outlaws. And he had the choice to make about whether or not he was going to celebrate mass or the sacraments in general, right? He looked at all of the circumstances and he, you know, after prayer and everything, realized, okay, the best thing to do is to consider to give the sacraments to people, but he would do it discreetly, right? He wasn't going to make some big defiant show about it, right? Because that's not going to help everyone if you make this big, if he would have made this big show and would have been imprisoned and everything. No, he helped the people with the sacraments in a very discreet way. The second daughter of Prudence is Docility. And I have been loving... This word docility, um, especially when it comes to the Holy Spirit. This is a prayer that I pray a lot, you know, asking to learn how to be docile to the Holy Spirit, because docility is having a willingness to be taught, especially when it comes to things that are spiritual, especially when it comes to eternal life. And the third daughter of prudence is foresight, you know, thinking ahead, being prepared, considering the consequences, you know, because you did think ahead. And an example of this is seeing the needs of others and helping them to satisfy those needs. And this could even be before that person has even identified their own needs. And I think moms are great at this. I think this is just like a mom superpower, or uh, obviously, (laughs) it's, it's a mom super virtue. And I remember for myself, even one time I was doing a summer study abroad trip in college, And she walks in my room with this pack of Top Ramen, a five-pack of Top Ramen. And she's like, you're going to need these. And I'm like, I'm not going to need those. I'm not going to have time to cook those. You know, I'm going to be eating all this great foreign food. And she was right. On those nights when I got back too late to pick up food or, you know, I was just in a pinch and I was really hungry, those ramens came in handy. She knew what she was talking about. She had foresight. And we've all been given this virtue you know, the virtue of prudence and all of her daughter virtues, we've been given them all at our baptism. But the best part is that we can always enhance them. We can always enhance the virtues that we were given at our baptism by practicing them, growing them, and cultivating them. So how do we do that? A couple of ways. The first way, which is the most obvious and therefore we might tend to overlook it, is we can ask for it. We can pray and ask the Lord to give us the virtue of prudence, to enhance this virtue or, you know, whichever of her daughter virtues. Another way is to learn from prudent people, you know, have a willingness to, you know, learn from prudent people. And if you don't know some prudent people, you need to make some new friends. I'm just saying. Another way is to develop good habits. In other words, you work on the natural virtue of prudence. And you do that by getting in the habit of seeking counsel. And then before you make decisions, you make sure that you do three things. You pray, and then you think about, you know, all of the things that's come to you and prayer as well as from your own intellect, and then you act. So you pray, think, act before you do anything. And you can do this like really quickly. It's not like it's going to take you forever. Another thing that you can do to develop prudence is to guard against the sins or the offenses against prudence. So what are those? So being impulsive, being inconsiderate, procrastinating, and being negligent. These are considered the sins or the offenses against prudence. Because when you're impulsive, that means you didn't take the time to think or to seek. When you are inconsiderate, you didn't take the time to pray or to think, right? Because you're not thinking about the people outside of you. And the Lord has not put them on your heart because you didn't give them a chance to, right? You're just thinking about yourself and what you want. When you procrastinate, it shows that you lack some sort of a desire or a resolve or a follow through. And procrastination is like the thorn in my side. I tell you, it is something I need to work on all the time. And then when you're negligent, that means that you've lost sight of the most important thing, which is eternal life, right? Because you can gain the whole world and you can lose your soul. And when we make choices, we have a choice to you know go towards the kingdom of heaven or to stay in this world and the goods of this world and we don't think about God's will so pay attention to yourself and notice if you are being impulsive or if you're being inconsiderate or you're procrastinating like me or you have become negligent as in you're not looking towards eternal life that's not your focus at the moment and when that happens Seek counsel and then start get that little, um, those three steps of prayer, thinking, and action. So pray, think, and act. And then the last way I'm going to share with you today, and I think this one is really, really cool. We can use one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. For every seven of the main virtues, there is a corresponding gift of the Holy Spirit that is intended to help us grow that virtue. Do you remember the Beatitudes series that we did and how we linked the Beatitudes with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? Because the Lord has given us the gifts of the Holy Spirit to help us with, with each of those Beatitudes, and each of those gifts helps us with the Beatitude. The same thing is true for the virtues. When it comes to the virtue of prudence, we've been given the gift of counsel, right? Because the gift of counsel, it helps us to receive guidance from God, right? And isn't that what we've been talking about for prudence? Like seek counsel from people, seek counsel from God, you know, stop, pray, think, and act, right? The gift of counsel is also going to help us to perfect our mind, to perfect our intellect so that we can even seek counsel from ourselves, right? Because our intellect has been sharpened, you know, because prudence is right reason In action, reason is our intellect. It's our mind. And the gift of counsel also gives us the ability to discern. And to discern means to make decisions based off of God's will. And I have an episode on discernment if you're interested in that. And I'm going to link that down in the show notes. So to recap really quickly, pray for prudence, learn from prudent people, develop prudent habits, you know, basically work on natural virtue by praying, thinking, and acting, right? Get in the habit of doing that. Guard against the sins or the offenses of prudence and really, really lean on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and particularly the gift of counsel to help you to be prudent. Down in the show notes, there are links to all of the episodes that I have mentioned today. You're also going to find the quotes, like if you liked any of the quotes or the scriptures that I use in this episode. There's also going to be catechism passages for Prudence. I did not mention them explicitly in this episode, but you might want to read them for yourself, and I have pulled them out and made it easy for you to find them um, in the show notes. And in the show notes, you're also going to find a sign up for our weekly email, as well as one to donate to Clumsy Theosis, because I rely on the donations from listeners to keep this podcast not only going, but hopefully thriving. And if you would like to help me to spread the gospel through the work of Clumsy Theosis, go over to clumsytheosis.net and click the word donate in the menu. If you do not go down and click on the link in the show notes, both will get you where you need to go. So that wraps up everything we have to say about prudence. But before we go, I think we should pray together, right? We need to ask for prudence. All right. So in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, we are in awe of your design for humanity and for the virtues which are for us to attain happiness in this life as well as in eternity. And we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit, especially the gift of counsel and how it is meant to assist us in cultivating all of the virtues, particularly the virtue of prudence. We want to be able to produce fruit that's going to abide, and we know that your Holy Spirit will help us do that and help us to cultivate the virtues. And so we ask in boldness that you give us the graces that we need to harness and to perfect the virtue of prudence, to strengthen her and her daughters within us for your glory, that they will help us to be wise as serpents and to be as gentle as doves in this world that is not our home, but one that you have given us nonetheless. Please give us the intellect and the will that we need for us to put right reason into action in all of the things and to transform the world so that all will come to know Jesus, the Lover of our souls. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you guys have anything about the virtues that you would like to share with me, I'm all ears. You would email me at clumsytheosis at gmail.com, or you can find me on any of the social platforms at clumsytheosis. I am very eager to hear from you. If you like us praying together, let me know. We can continue to do that. Until next week, uh, we're going to come back something virtue related. You're going to have to tune in to find out what. Peace out.